Chapter Two of Frigid Fracas by Mac Reynolds. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dale Grothman. When Major Mauser, escorting Doctor Nadine Hare, daughter of the late Baron Hare of Vacuum Tube Transport, entered the swank, exclusive room of the Greater Washington Branch of the Ultra Hotels, the orchestra ceased the dreamy dance music it had been playing, and struck up the lilting. The girl I left behind me. As they followed the maitre d'hôtel to their table, Nadine frowned in puzzled memory, and after they were seated, she said, That piece, where have I heard it before? Joe cleared his throat uncomfortably. An old marching song, come down from way back, popular during the Civil War. The Seventh Cavalry rode forth to that tune on the way to their rendezvous with the Sioux at the little bighorn she frowned at him puzzled still you seem to know an inordinate amount about a simple tune joe then she said why now i remember where i've heard it recently wednesday when i was waiting for you at the agora bar the band played it when you entered he picked up a menu hurriedly the exclusive room was ostentatious to the point of having menus and waiters What'll you have, Nadine? He still wasn't quite at ease with her first name. Offhand, he could never remember having been on a first-name basis with a mid-upper, certainly not one of the female gender. But she was not put off. Why, Joe Mauser, you've acquired a theme song, or whatever you call it. I didn't know you were that well-known among the nitwits who follow the fracases. Why, next they'll be forming those ridiculous buff clubs. Her laughter tinkled. The Major Joe Mauser Club. Joe flushed. As a matter of fact, there are three, he said unhappily. One in Mexico City, one in Bogota, and one in Portland. I've forgotten if it's Oregon or Maine. She was puzzled still and ignored the waiter, who, standing there, made Joe nervous. Establishments that boasted live waiters were rare enough in Joe Mauser's experience that he could easily remember the number of occasions he attended them. Nadine Hare, to the contrary, an hereditary aristocrat born, was totally unaware of the flunky's presence, and would remain so until she required him. She looked at Joe from the side of her eyes, suspiciously. That new mustache, which gives you such a romantic air, your new uniform, very gallant. You look like one of those imperial hussars or something. And your tele-interviews. By a stretch of chance I saw one of them the other day. That master of ceremonies seemed to think you were the most dashing soldier since Jeb Stewart. Joe said to the waiter, Champagne, please. That worthy said apologetically, May I see your credit card, Major? The exclusive room is limited to upper. Nadine said coldly, The Major is my guest. I am Dr. Nadine Har. Her voice held the patina of those to the manner born, and not to be gainsay. The other bowed hurriedly, murmured something placatingly, and was gone. There was a tick in the side of Joe's mouth, which usually manifested itself only in combat. He said stiffly, I am afraid we should have gone to a middle establishment. Nonsense! 
what difference does it make besides don't change the subject i am not to be fooled joe mauser something is afoot now just what the tick had intensified joe mauser looked at the woman he loved realizing that it could never occur to her that he a mid-middle would presume to think in terms of wooing her that even in her supposed scorn of rank privilege and status she was still subconsciously perhaps a noble and he a serf evolution there was in society and the terms were different but it was still a world of class distinctions and she was the ruling class and he the ruled she a patrician he a pleb his voice went very even very flat almost as if he were speaking to a foe when we first met nadine i told you that i had been born a mid-lower why i don't know but from my earliest memories i revolted against the strata in which birth placed me history i have had a lot of time to read history in hospital beds tells me that there have been few socio-economic systems under which the strong intelligent aggressive cunning or ruthless couldn't work their way to the top very well i intend to do it under people's capitalism industrial feudalism she murmured call it what you will i won't be happy until i'm a member of that one percent on top she looked into his face are you sure you will be then i don't know he said angrily but i've heard the arguments before it's been used down through the ages by apologists for the privileged classes pity the poor rich man while the happy slaves are sitting down at the levee strumming their banjos the poor plantation owner is up in his mansion drowning his sorrows in mint juleps she had an edge of anger too all right she snapped but i'll tell you this joe mauser the world is out of gear but the answer isn't for individuals to better their material lot by jumping their caste statuses the waiter brought their wine and both angry both held their peace until he had served it and left what is the answer he said mock in his voice it's easy enough for you on top to tell me below that the answer isn't in making my way to your level she was interrupted in her hot reply by a rolling of the orchestra's drums and the voice of a domineering m c who managed effectively to drown all vocal opposition at the tables grinning inanely holding on to his portable wireless mic he babbled along about the wonderful people present tonight and the good time being had by all the exclusive room being founded on pure snobbery he made great to-do about the celebrities present this politician that actress this currently popular songstress that baron of industry joe and nadine ignored most of his chatter still glaring at each other until he came to and those among us who are fracas buffs and who isn't a fracas buff these days given the merest drop of red blood fracas buffs will be thrilled to know that they are spending the evening in the company of the intrepid major joseph mauser behind him the orchestra broke into the quick strains of the girl i left behind me whose most recent act of sheer military genius and daring-do combined 
resulted in his all but single-handedly winning the fracas between continental hovercraft and the vacuum tube transport and thus inflicting defeat upon none other than major stonewall cogswell for the first time in more than a decade the mc babbled on now about another present celebrity a retired pugilist once a champion nadine looked into his face i think i understand now you mentioned that in any society how did you put it the strong intelligent aggressive cunning or ruthless could work their way to the top you've tried strength intelligence and aggressiveness haven't you joe they didn't work at least not fast enough so now you're giving cunning a try will ruthlessness be next joe mauser he was saved an answer a hulking body in evening wear stood next to their table swaying joe looked up into a face glazed by either trank or alcohol he didn't know the other man and for a moment failed to realize the other's purpose the man was mumbling something that didn't come through joe irritated said what in zen do you want the stranger shook his head as though to clear it he sneered the famous joe mauser eh the brave soldier boy well let me tell you something soldier boy you don't look so tough to me with your cute little mustache and your fancy pants uniform you look like a molly to me that's too bad joe bit out and now if you'll just go away he turned his face from the other joe nadine said in an alarmed warning the other's contemptuous cuff unsuspected nearly bowled joe completely from his chair as it was he barely caught himself his attacker shuffled backwards and joe recognized the trained steps of the professional boxer the other's identity came to him although he was no follower of pugilism a sport largely out of favor since the rapid growth of telescanned fracases boxing at its top had never been more than an inadequate replacement of the games once held in the roman arena joe was on his feet instantly the fighting man under attack the table that he and nadine occupied was a ringside one and in open view of half the room but that meant nothing he was under attack and for the nonce surprised on the defensive how do you like them apples soldier boy the professional pugilist chuckled nastily his left flicked forward and joe barely avoided its connecting with his face he threw aside for the time any attempt to explain the other's uncalled-for aggression unless he did something and quick he was going to be a laughing-stock rather than the hero into which fred soligen was trying to build him nadine said anxiously joe please the waiters will deal with he didn't hear her joe mauser with all his hospital studies had never heard of the marcus of queensbury but even if he had it would never have occurred to him to be bound by that arbiter of fisticuffs in fact he had no intention even of being restricted to the use of his hands as fists the japanese long centuries before had proven the fist less than the most effective manner in which to pursue hand-to-hand -hand combat joe mauser working coolly fast and ruthlessly now a trained combat man exercising his profession moved in for the kill his shoulders hunched slightly forward 
his hands forward into the sides choppers rather than sledges joe stepped closer as quickly as a jungle cat his left hand leapt forward to the other's neck hacked came back into another blurring swing hacked again his opponent grunted agony but a man does not become heavyweight champion without being able to take as well as give punishment joe's attacker tucked his chin into his shoulder fighter style and moved in throwing off the effects of the karate blows somehow he seemed considerably less drunk or overtranked than he had short moments before and there was rage in his face rather than glaze one of the blows caught joe on the shoulder and sent him reeling back at the same time behind the other joe could see the maitre d'hotel flanked by three waiters hurrying up he was going to have to do something and do it quickly or be branded a boorish middle who had intruded into a domain of the uppers only to participate in a brawl and have to be expelled by the establishment's servants the former champ his eyes narrowed in confidence of victory came boring in on his toes quick for all his bulk joe turned sideways his movements life he lashed out with his right foot at this angle getting double the leverage he would have otherwise and caught the other on the kneecap the pugilist bent forward in agony his mouth opening as though in protest joe stepped forward quickly and efficiently his hands were now knitted together in a huge double fist he brought them upward crushingly into the opponent's face with all the force he could achieve and felt bone and cartilage crush before even waiting for the other to fall he turned righted his chair and resumed his seat facing nadine his breath coming only inconsiderably faster than before her eyes were wide but she hadn't organized herself as yet to the point of either protest or praise the maitre d was at their table sir he began joe said curtly this barroom brawler attacked me i'm surprised you allow your patrons to get into the shape he is please bring us our bill the head waiter stuttered his eyes going about in despair even as his assistants were lifting the fallen champion to his feet and hustling him away an occupant of one of the nearby tables spoke up collaborating joe's words the action had been fast though brief and had won the fascinated attention of that half of the patrons of the exclusive room near enough to see someone else called out too and it came to joe cynically that a brawl in an establishment exclusive to uppers differed little from one of middle or even lower caste but it was impossible that they remain he had looked forward to this evening with nadine hare had planned to lay the foundations for a future campaign when as a newly created upper he would be in a position to mention marriage he fumed inwardly even as he helped her with her wrap preparatory to leaving nadine now that she had recovered composure said coldly i suppose you realize you broke that man's nose and injured his eye to an extent i'd have to examine him to evaluate behind her he rolled his eyes upward in mute protest he said what was i supposed to do hand him a rose from our table bouquet violence is the last resort of the incompetent you must tell that sometime to a jungle animal being attacked by a lion oh you're impossible 
The end of chapter two of Frigid Fracas by Mac Reynolds.